The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert. The story, headline, the spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Cover Story. I'm very excited. Our featured guest today uh, is Christine Perkett, who founded Perkett PR in 1998 and has been consistently recognized as an innovative PR industry leader. She was named one of the top 25 authorities moving PR forward in a recent industry ranking by Tracker, Best Communications IR PR Executive of the Year for the American Business Awards, a social media guru, by Women's Entrepreneur and highlighted in Business Week's social media report the last two years. She's also a board member of New York, um, New York City's Style Coalition, Boston's Business Marketing Association, and the Norwell Mass Visiting Nurse Association and Hospice. She blogs for various outlets, such as her company's blog, per, um, Perkett PR, Suasion, This Mommy Gig, and uh, Marketing Profs, as well as several personal blogs. Christine is a mom of two boys and three dogs, and currently training to, wow, run. That's 26 miles, people. The Boston Marathon, raising money for Boston's Children's Hospital in 2010. You can also connect with her uh, on Twitter. She just connected with me at at Mrs. P. And uh, we actually have Christine on today because she wrote a very interesting article over at smallbiztrends.com called uh, Public Relations Trends for 2010. Welcome, Christine. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. This is exciting. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. A little cold in Boston, but I'm good. <laughs> right, and I feel horrible. We've been calling people all week, telling them how freezing we are in Florida, and that's like <laughs> so selfish in comparison. <laughs> That's okay. It's all about perspective. It really is, and, and I'm and I'm a former Bostonian, and I I went through those brutal winters. But I think when you come to Florida, your blood thins a little because I've gotten a little wimpier. <laughs> well, that happens. So I hope uh, I hope you guys survive. But uh, I think we would like to be down there. Maybe we'll come down and join you in swap places for a day, and then we'll all Not we'll all be warm again. <laughs> that would be great. Our door is always open down here. <laughs> we're, Thank you. We're a community destination. So let's, um, you, you had some very interesting um, perspectives on, on public relations. So let, let's take a, a stab. For those who haven't read the article, I'm not going to read the article <laughs> to you, but you know, you're talking about um, PR is one of the industries that's taken a legit hit in the last year due to the due to the advent of social media. Mm-hmm. Okay, and do you really? So you do you really feel that PR professionals are not adopting social media as part of um, their toolkit? Well, I wouldn't say all PR professionals. I would say um, you know a good majority of them are beginning to, but they're not jumping in with two feet in the way that I think communications leaders should be. Um, You know, social media is all about communicating, and if you think about it, it's all about relating to a public. Mm -hmm. So I feel like 
PR and communications professionals should have been there at the beginning, really exploring this so that they knew how it worked, what it was good for, what what was positive, what was negative, and could come to their clients when it exploded with that knowledge. And unfortunately, I think that most PR professionals, at least that I have seen, um, with the exception of a handful, kind of jumped on the bandwagon in 2008 when the rest of the world did. So they're catching up at the same time a lot of their clients are, and some of them are being surpassed with um, you know, social media experts really branding themselves as getting this sort of communication better than PR executives. Which is interesting. So what you're saying is when with the advent of social media, the PR professionals should have been like the first people to jump in the pool, so to speak, so that they could help to create something that would um, engage various publics right. that, that they're representing and have a solid foundation. And then, and then PR professionals become the social media gurus because it falls under the PR purview versus these other people that you know, figured out the system beforehand. Right. Well, I think, you know, at least one of the first entities that should have that should have jumped in. Technology probably was the first group that jumped in, technologists and technology journalists. Um, that's what we saw uh, when we joined Twitter in 2007, for example. We mm-hmm. joined um, as individuals first. We really explored the uh, network. We looked at who was there, what they were talking about. We didn't really jump right into the conversation, but we just um, took part in in watching what was happening. And then... We started to engage, and a lot of them at that time were technology journalists, technologists, um, engineers, product developers. But um, especially for anyone in technology PR, they really should have been there because that was a great time. It was a completely different um, vibe back then, but it was a great time and a great opportunity to see what these guys were talking about and to really see what they cared about and what they read. Um, I think most PR professionals get that now, but at the mm-hmm. time, um, you know, I'm surprised that while technology folks were there, obviously the PR professionals should have been there as well. Right. Which, and, and to be honest with you, like you said, you know, you've got all the technology people who are early adopters. So yeah. it would have been like the perfect proving ground for the PR professionals to kind of say, Hey, listen, we're, we're, we're trying to understand this so we can best utilize this with our clients. What resonates exactly. best. Right. Which is interesting. So give me an example of what you consider to be a super effective um, social plan. Social plan or social tool? Social plan. Um, so social plan is, first of all, understanding, let's say you're doing it for your own company, understanding your business goals and not forgetting what your business goals are um, despite the hype around social communication. Um, you know, the whole point is to help your, your business if you're going to be using it for business and to, and to reach those goals. So you need to make sure that you keep those in mind when writing a social plan. Um, the next thing is to really identify where your constituents are. So, you know, maybe, and MySpace is a good look back, which I think people can understand now. Maybe lots of people were talking about MySpace, and it was really hip, and it was, um, you know, talked about a lot. Obviously, it's kind of died on the vine now, but if you were selling to teenagers, MySpace was probably a place that you should have checked out. So if I'm selling um, network servers, it probably wasn't. So understand where your customers are going to be, mm-hmm. and don't let the hype drive your social plan. Um, and I think the third, just to keep it simple, would be to make sure that if you're going to participate, you don't jump in and stop, and you're not sporadic. Um, 
you can't really be effective by coming on and talking about yourself uh, across networks once a day and then jumping off and not engaging with folks, not talking to them. You have to give them attention for them to pay attention to you. And I think that's a big misnomer that a lot of um, a lot of people have. They think that they can jump on, create a presence, throw up a video or two, talk about themselves, and be effective. But it actually backfires. So you really need to make sure that you have the time and resources to put behind a social plan if you're going to do it. And I guess the last tip would be to integrate. So, um, you know, again, keeping in mind where your constituents are, the ones that matter to you and your business, and the ones that you want to communicate with, um, integrate across the network. So if you're posting something on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn that it's consistent, that you have a consistent entity and a brand that you're building, whether it's your own um, or whether it's for your company or both, like um, Scott Monty of Ford. You know, he really Mm -hmm. built up his own brand first. Ford intelligently took notice, and now he's really the face of Ford, but everyone also knows him as Scott Monty. So I think you can do both if you're smart about it. You, which, which, I mean, that's an excellent point because, and it's it's unfortunate. You know, we happen to we're very blessed. We have a very loyal staff at Webmaster Radio, and we're a family here. But in today's work environment, people, if you're in a stereotype, have a tendency to jump around, right? Right. And um, first of all, I think it's amazing that a heritage brand like Ford would allow one person to represent them. But he went out and did this on his own. I mean, I, and I know Scott. Um, I mean, not well, but I mean, I know Scott. So I think it's very interesting that he went off and did this for himself, sort of, sort of proved this out, and right. by de fact became the voice. So now he's accomplishing several different things. One is obviously helping his company, mm-hmm. right, and, and creating a human factor. And then second, keeping his personal poli- you know, persona polished because no one ever knows what the future is going to hold. Now he's a really hot commodity because he's put himself out there and committed to the industry. Right, exactly. He's obviously a very intelligent guy. He's really nice, too. And yeah. um, like you said, he built that persona himself. Lots lots of fans just because he was a good guy, and he, he, he did it right. He was communicating. He addressed his audience when they talked to him. Um, and, you know, he was able to segue into a successful business social entity um, in a way that many people still can't figure out. So he's definitely one to uphold as a great example. Right. Absolutely. Let's do this, Christine. Let's take a quick break. Uh, And when we come back, we'll delve deeper into um, social media and PR in 2010. Sit tight and don't move. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. Anyway, I ask. That's right, ma'am. Anyway, you ask. Let me get this straight. If I wanted your CEO to deliver my check while juggling flaming machetes on the back of an Asian elephant, all I have to do is ask? Correct. With in-demand affiliates, you can tell us exactly how you want your payouts, and we will deliver. God, uh, could you hold on for a second? Someone's at the door. (coughs) Wow, you weren't kidding. We are in demand. You can be too. Sign up today at the letter ndemandaffiliates.com. So you're telling me your affiliate program on the local Pages Affiliate Network is performing as well as your handicap? Absolutely. Thanks to their top-tier XML feed, I'm able to monetize all of my traffic. They handle all of my volume to anywhere in the world. Plus, I also get high cost per click and the most exclusive of advertisers to work with. You should join the club. Sounds good. I can't wait to join. But first, let's work on that tee shot. Use the power of local pages with over 5 billion searches per month and the largest database of paid search listings. Let Local Pages Affiliate Network personalize your account and give you the search tools and solutions you need. Become a Local Pages Affiliate today with localpages.com. 
Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. The whoring of Facebook for promotional purposes continues with the WebmasterRadio.fm Facebook fan page. Join our fans by clicking the Facebook logo on the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage and keep up to date with all the latest. Become a fan on Facebook. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hello, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babbin of WebmasterRadio.fm, and I am joined with my featured guest today, Christine Perkett, who is the uh, founder of Perkett PR, um, very well-respected in the PR community, as well as, oh my goodness, training for the boss. I'm so inspired. Like, like that, to <laughs> me, is the most impressive thing in the world. Uh, and we're actually uh, reflecting on an article that she posted January 10th, um, public relations trends for 2010 on smallbiztrends.com. Welcome back, Christine. Thank you. So listen, before we get back to business, I just got to ask you this. Are you a run- like, are you Have you always been a runner? I have always been a runner, um, and I ran the Dublin Marathon, which was, um, don't oh. laugh, but it was a gift from my husband a couple of years ago. We ran it together. <laughs> And uh, this time we needed some new kind of motivation, so running to raise uh, funds for Boston Children's Hospital and getting cards and emails from the individual patient that we're helping is a a good way to to kick me in the behind, so to speak. Um, I I laxed after the Dublin Marathon for probably about a year. I got a little bit lazy, so I needed some new inspiration. Okay, so I I probably wouldn't use the word lazy as maybe (laughs) (laughs) exhausted, strung out. Um, But you know what? Like, that's really good. Like, good for you. That's really good motivation. You get to keep yourself healthy, you know, have a personal accomplishment and then help people. I am so all about that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I um, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I just want to finish. I, I don't have any personal record right. break, or you know, I guess secretly, yes, I'd like to at least do a little bit better than I did in my first one. But as long as I finish, you know, in in uh, Dublin, no one was watching me. No one was there except my husband, so I had no pressure. And now I feel like you know, family and friends will be making sure we finish. So we'll, we'll put the Webmaster <laughs> Radio cam on you, so the entire world can watch your progress. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> That's awesome. It'll be hidden in, in a little, just a little camera in your cap. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, that would go over well in the social media community, don't you think? Yeah, people would like that. I did Twitter in my last race. I ran a, a, a short race. I think it was um, seven miles earlier this year, and I Twittered throughout the race. So um, I am guilty of that. I drove my husband crazy, but. You know what? But good for you, right? Because people who didn't have the opportunity to have the experience got to come along with you. Yeah, it was fun. I actually used Whirl. I don't know if you know about Whirl, but it's one of my favorite social media sites for personal stuff. Um, we have used it for business as well, but it, it's like a Twitter with pictures, and I apologize to their marketing department, who I'm friends with, if that's not how they describe themselves, but that's <laughs> how I uh, can give a visual of how it works. But see, now, you, you actually just made a really good point, okay? What was that? <laughs> that you, descri- you, descri- you describe the company how you utilize them. Mm-hmm. 
okay, where they may not describe themselves that way. But the point really is because we're such a virtual community and mm-hmm. things are happening at the speed of a click, blah, 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 blah. It's don't you feel like companies are missing out like from a PR perspective to pay attention to, like to what Christine said, like your perception of what the company is, is more important than what their perception of their own company is. Because you're, right. well, you're a user. Not only to pay attention, I don't even know that it's paying attention because I think companies are starting. Unfortunately, I do think it's taking them a long time, and some industries are better than others. But mm-hmm. I think they're beginning to pay attention. What they're still not doing to a full degree is engaging. They're still, you know, very slowly dipping a toe in about engaging. And, and I think, you know, I've, like I said, I've been on Twitter for a few years. I've been. On Facebook, I mostly use that for personal stuff. But, you know, I know there are brands that I follow and I like to see what they're doing. But if I talk to them and they don't talk back to me, um, I'll give an example. United Airlines the other day. Now, I know they get a lot of tweets. Mm -hmm. However, isn't that the point of using these social networks is to engage with your customers and your fans? When I don't get a response, honestly, I get a little irked. (laughs) Right. So, you know, it's our job as PR people to help companies manage that and to help them pay attention and to help them respond and engage because it is a lot of time. It is, you know, um, very similar to the way that we help them with media. We help them keep up with it and um, to position themselves in the right way and to um, spread awareness. So I think they're, they're failing to engage properly still. So let me ask you, with the United Airlines, when you, when you responded to something they put out, what were you responding to? I wasn't responding. I was actually asking for help. Oh, I'm um, sorry. I left something on an airline and the reason I went to Twitter and asked them is because I first called, you know, and took took the 800 line and pressed all the buttons in the right way. I did it four times mm-hmm. and I still couldn't get a human on the phone and I still couldn't get right the right option. Even though it said click here for lost and found, it just went nowhere. Right. Then I went to Logan, that's where I flew into, mm-hmm. uh, Boston Logan Airport. I went to their website and looked up Lost and Found and followed the directions on what to do, and it's run by the state police, and they only help you if you lost it during um, the, the uh, x-ray. So the security, excuse Right, me. right, right. Otherwise, you need to call the airline. So I was really left with a lot of frustration and no one helping me because they were both pointing each other fingers at each other, and so I thought, well, maybe on Twitter someone will be listening and they'll respond, because I have had a lot of great success with brands who immediately respond. JetBlue immediately responds right. to me when I talk to them, whether it's good or bad. So um, that's what happened. I never heard anything from them. Which is, wait, right, which is really sad, because now they can address a lot of different issues internally. Right. Right, and, and, help, and help out someone. It's hard to get brand loyalty these days. Right, right, and you know, I, I'm a huge fan of JetBlue, not only because of, you know, their business model and the way they do things mm-hmm. in the air, but also because of the way they do things on the ground. And that's, you know, including engaging with their customers or prospective customers. Yeah, and something, we're so getting off topic, but we're going to let go and let God today. Um, <laughs> no, but using JetBlue as an example, they only did one thing that I thought was horribly wrong, potentially. But, um, you know, when they wanted to, but was it $25 to get oh, a blanket? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh God, just whatever. But what I did think was brilliant about what they what they used to do was, if you bought a ticket on JetBlue, and let's say it cost you three hundred dollars, and then you went back to the site two days later, or you happen to see some sort of promotion where now tickets were discounted to a hundred and fifty dollars, they would give you a voucher for the difference. Right. And to me, that's so smart because there isn't a ton of loyalty in the airline industry outside of you know the the, the rewards programs that they have. Mm-hmm. 
And it's almost a guarantee that you now just got someone back. So someone gets to feel good because they just paid $300, even though there was something less expensive out there. But they feel like they were honored and respected and they still got the good deal. And nine out of 10 times, A, they're going to talk and say, wow, this is really great. And then they're going to utilize the airline again because they've got a $100, $150 voucher. Right. Right. Simple. Well, I guess they can't be, they can be perfect. What? I said, I guess they can't be perfect when you said that JetBlue did one thing that, that drove you crazy. Yeah, I mean, that was it. I just thought that whole, like, $25 to get a clean, you know. Right. Um, but but outside of that, I thought that was one of those brilliant um, marketing ploys I've ever seen because there's no downside to it for the company, and it makes everybody happy. Right. That's true. That's true. But, I mean, a lot of companies are, they're just, they're afraid of the reaction, so they don't do anything like that. I mean, I do think that's taking a bit of a chance, right? So um, I think, like you just said, like, oh, my God, I think some, right. some companies need to do that Yeah, I mean, when it comes to engaging. I, I mean, you want to talk about let go and let God. How about Kiwi Airlines, who did the um, a transgender? I don't know that one. Oh, my goodness. Kiwi, and we've got to take a quick break. But the Kiwi Airlines, let me see if I remember this correctly. They, they, took, they brought Kathy Griffin. Air Was it? Oh, Air New Zealand. Sorry, Kiwi Airlines. Um, I apologize. Air New Zealand. <laughs> Um, had Kathy Griffin, you know, my list, my life on the D list as a hostess, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and they put, they took an, they they took a um, an, an airplane, thank you, and put eyelashes on it and a boa on it and the whole nine yards, and they had all of these like transgender and gay and what have you people, I believe, go, I want to say going to Australia, right. yeah. So they had the film crew on board. It was like a ma- they did a major party at. Um, the airport before they left, and I want to say it was like out of San Francisco or something, um, flew to Australia, had an, like a party, they filmed the whole thing, um, and then brought everyone down to, I guess it was a big festival down in Australia. And, like, that's pretty hardcore, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. they got um, to align with any, you know, any one, let's say, um, demographic of people, right? Is a, is a pretty strong... Um, ploy and they they got wonderful response from it and like good for them yeah good for them like so that's that's a risk right thinking, i guess <laughs> yeah, right. so let's do this uh let, let's take a last uh quick break and we'll be right back with our extremely entertaining christine perkett sit tight and don't move cover story we'll be back after this short break Are you tired of standing around while everyone gets rich? Want to be an affiliate marketer that makes six figures online every month? Then let me introduce you to MediaBuyersCoach.com. MediaBuyersCoach.com, recently launched by Carl Fiorentino and Will Hamrell, will give you the tools and the knowledge that will make you money. They've been training affiliates for over five years now and are experts in their field. If you haven't been approved by a CPA network, then get approved through our own CPA network. If you're new to affiliate marketing or want to expand into other areas, let Carl and Will at MediaBuyersCoach.com give you the tools to begin and the knowledge to succeed. Sign up and start making money today at MediaBuyersCoach.com. That's MediaBuyersCoach.com. Charles, come on up and tell us about the great ROI we're getting from RevenueWire. Thank you. Since I signed up with Revenue Wire, conversions have increased dramatically. Revenue Wire has an integrated shopping cart called SafeCart that offers highly accurate sales tracking, boosting our conversions through the roof. And now that they've added multiple international currencies to SafeCart, we're looking forward to seeing significant increases in our overseas sales of PC utility software from LavaSoft, PC Tools, Pareto Logic, and Avonquest. With up to 75% commission, real-time sales tracking, free in-depth sales analytics, and reporting tools, 
campaign optimization resources, and now weekly payments for top-performing affiliates, our sales are climbing higher and higher, thanks to RevenueWire. Find out more at RevenueWire.com. Do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com, a private invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card, XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one of the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000. Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. Office Hours with Vanessa Fox, Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this edition of Cover Story. Uh, This is actually the last cover story that I am doing before I actually get younger. I got a birthday on Sunday. You get younger. How do you do that? I need a secret. You know, I'll tell you. I started off with... (laughs) (laughs) It's great. I have this um, algorithm that my husband built me. And for every year that I'm supposed to get older, I actually go back five years. Oh, fabulous. I'll have to talk to you about that after the show. (laughs) There you go. I'll I'll hook you up. It's a beautiful thing. Theater of the mind's always great. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so listen, you know, there's so many more topics for us to to cover, obviously, and there's so many things that are super important. But when it comes to, because you made a very good point, the companies are out there and they're um, they're putting information out potentially, but they're not always as engaging with their various right. audiences. Um, you know, and really looking at the PR practitioner who, you know, it needs to be outputs versus outcomes. Right. Right. And you talk about, you know, all the great measurements tool available, tools available today that you should yep. be able to understand, like your monthly list of results, whether it's brand mentions or media placements or site traffic or social media campaigns. Um, if we could wrap the show up with maybe a great example of an engaging social media campaign, like how someone found their sweet spot with their various audiences and then um, a great way that w- it was measured. So that it was, a co- you know, it was cohesive, easy to digest. What would that be? Well, you know, I can't really comment on other folks' um, campaigns because I don't know how they necessarily measured them. I know that PR Week does a good job at including campaigns like that and really taking a look at them on their case studies page every, is it month now? Mm-hmm. Um, so I highly suggest that people read them. I think that they're pretty insightful and they break them down um, from strategy to tactics to results. Um, but, you know, I can talk about um, at least some of our clients yeah, and um, how, how we've measured for them and, and the results that they've seen. Uh, Computer World actually did an, a couple of articles uh, earlier this year on uh, social media ROI, and they featured two of our clients, um, Lytle and & Company and Reality Digital. And they talked a lot about um, 
what kinds of tools we use. So, again, uh, implementing an integrated campaign across different networks um, and, um, you know, really making sure that it's a consistent message that we're mm-hmm. trying to put out there and a consistent um, uh, engagement with our audience. And then they talked about everything from sales leads to um, awareness, which is, you know, market market power. Um, and the, the way we measure that is we really take a look at a lot of different areas. We use a lot of different tools. I don't, I don't know that there's any one tool out there that's really perfect yet, but mm-hmm. we have used a variety of measurement tools, um, you know, Radian 6, HubSpot, Tracker, um, and then we also do things um, through Google, of course, like mm-hmm, everyone, right. and, you know, even the simple tools like Bitly. Um, you know, Bitly just started um, getting indexed by Google in the last two months, I think. So mm-hmm. even what you put on Bitly can be Googled now. Is, um, right. And, and Bitly is a great way to measure instantly how, many, how much traffic you're driving to a certain article or a link that you put out. Um, so we use a variety of those. As well as, you know, we really take the time to hand measure what the awareness and influence factor is in mm-hmm. social networks for our clients. So we not only monitor where they're being mentioned and by who, but what the type of mention is. Was it positive? Was it negative? Was it neutral? Um, and and then, you know, multiplying those in a certain way by, again, who it was, who it was and who they're talking to. So it can get a little bit complicated. I think you have to find a variety of tools that work best for you, um, especially if you're a small business, which is mm-hmm. who I wrote that article for mm-hmm. that we're talking about. And I was really trying to help small business owners think about what they could do. Um, so I think there are a lot of tools like, like Bitly and, um, you know, even hashtags in Twitter. If you want to uh, create um, a certain search term, and then you can see how many people, uh, how, how much awareness you spread out there using that hashtag. Um, you can. So back to your question. Um, St. Louis Children's Hospital is one of our clients, and mm-hmm. um, we're responsible for a social media program for them. And we've been able to really raise their awareness just in the last couple of months by um, creating uh, call to actions, both on their Facebook page and their Twitter, um, and also we're uh, creating a microsite for them to speak to a specific audience for them. And we're responsible for driving, obviously, awareness and also leads, and we're measuring those leads behind the scenes w- w- in uh, conjunction with them. Um, but they've been held up as one of the hospitals. Um, I think it was Reagan or someone that put a list together of hospitals that are engaging with social media in, in new ways. Um, so they're really getting that awareness factor out there. And this quarter, this year, we're really charged with driving driving those leads. Which is um, exciting. Let another me, client. Oh, let me interrupt you. Oh, wait, oh, that's okay. Yep, go ahead. Only because I think people in this audience are familiar with Lytle and Company. Oh, okay. And for those of you that aren't, they're a card not present company. Um, payment processor, and yet so much more. Um, <laughs> could, could you talk a little bit about what you did for them? Because everyone who's listening um, on the radio network does have a transitional, transactional website. Okay. So, Well, you know, what we really did when we met with Lionel and sat down with them, we stepped back, helped them to step back for a minute, and we said, you know, they're, they were pretty overwhelmed. They're, they're a very traditional company. They're a family-run business. They've mm-hmm. been around for a long time, and they built their business more or less on um, the golf course. And what I mean by that is with relationship building, the old school, take them to dinner, shake their hand over cocktails kind of a business. Mm -hmm. And they knew that they wanted to get into social media, but they were um, a little bit nervous about how to do that without turning away a certain percentage of their customers. 
So what we talked about is just step back for a minute and think about what you already have. And we tell clients this a lot. Think about the content that you have. Think about the marketing materials that you have. You have white papers. You do webinars. You have um, press releases. You have sales kits. Make it digestible and take it in bits and bytes and begin to share it. It's almost like a teaser campaign that's ongoing across your networks. So we help them to build a Twitter page and um, Facebook page and other elements, and we've integrated those in terms of sharing that content in more digestible pieces, and then people remember it more. They mm-hmm. can easily recall, oh, yeah, I read that fact from Lytle, you know, on Twitter. I think it was on Twitter. Um, and and And... Then they want to learn more. So then they start to listen to you a little bit more because you're not bombarding them with information, but you're just sharing bits and bytes that are a little bit more memorable. Right, which, of course, is extending expert status, visibility, reach, which is important. If you're giving right. those little nuggets of information, and I would think that it would lead right back to people reaching out and saying, I now want to do business with Lytle & Company because they've enhanced my life. And, if they've and it also, you know, we also stayed true to their, their business philosophy mm-hmm. of building relationships. Mm-hmm. And what we said to them is, you know, think of Twitter as a new golf course. You are engaging with people and answering their questions and being a resource to them every single day, not just when you guys can find time to get together. So it's all about continuing to keep that emotional connection created with your company. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of businesses don't think of that aspect of social media, but... It turns you into a real person, so to speak, even your business. It turns your business into people, just like we were talking about Scott Monty earlier. Mm-hmm. That emotional connection to a brand is not to be underestimated, and social media can really help keep that first and uh, foremost. Yeah, and you know what? That's an excellent, like an excellent, excellent point. And I really like, I want to underscore um, what you were talking about is giving people information in bits and bytes, because we do, we are a bit of a, um ADD <laughs> society. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These so, days, yes. If you talk too long, people will stop listening. So I don't know if anyone's still out there. but <laughs> No, no, with your beautiful <laughs> voice. Um, um, one, other, one other tidbit I will give to your audience, um, especially, you know, if they're in their own company or they're trying to help clients, you know, LinkedIn, I think most PR people probably know this, but we, we were very um, successful in doing this for Lido as well. It was another element to their social media campaign, which was, positioning them as, again, a resource and thought leaders on LinkedIn when people were asking questions about um, topics that relate to their business and what they help companies with and answering those questions. So not out there promoting Lytle necessarily, but just being a resource when a question is asked on LinkedIn Answers and obviously, again, leaving a consistent sign-off everywhere you go. So whether it's a blog comment, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's um, your Twitter bio, which is obviously pretty important because it's searchable. Um, So being a resource on LinkedIn was another way that um, they were really able to continue with those more traditional relationships because a lot of people are on LinkedIn, but they look at it as a uh, Rolodex. They didn't really look at it as um, a community, and now I think it is a little bit more of a social community in that way. Yeah, and what I, I and I like LinkedIn because it's just very pure in its orientation. You know, it is. Um, I spoke at a conference with Chris Brogan earlier this fall, mm-hmm. and a lot of people when we were up on stage were saying that they felt like LinkedIn was very spam oriented now and very spammy. I haven't experienced that myself, no, so no, I don't no, know. No. If, have you seen that? No, not at all. Like, if anything, I just feel, you know. I've gotten bitten and 
kissed and poked and like that. <laughs> like you that. Farmville. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Like I, I don't even get that. Like everybody knows there, which is fine. I like things that are just very, cl- you know, clean cut. But that's yes. just me. Um, but I think that you've made some really amazing points. Is you know, be passionate about what you do. Understand who your various audiences are. Go out there, um, address these audiences. Have integrity in when engaging them. Um, you know, and, and I love, you know, the uniformity, like always have uniformity and something that we preach here. And I'm so glad that you said it, too, because it makes it more real for me oh, good. <laughs> is, you know, that whole mantra of don't self promote. If you've got a great product or service, give information that's going to help benefit people who could benefit right. from your product or service. That's creating a relationship. It's creating a bond. It's creating credibility. They will then do business with you. And be cons- like you said, be consistent. You don't show up at Bloomingdale's. And you know what I mean? They're not closed at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. right. People right. need to be able to count on you. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, because I'm in marketing, I'm such a, a sucker for good marketing. <laughs> but I really see the good marketing today as engagement from brands. And I... I will switch my loyalty to a, a brand. As long as their product is good, of course that comes first. The product and service have mm-hmm. to back up what you're saying. If they don't, then all is lost. But, you know, maybe I've never heard of you and I was loyal to a certain kind of um, soda, but you've been engaging with me and you say, hey, you know, I noticed that you're running this marathon. We have this, like, great soda for runners. You would never imagine right. it, but you might want to try it. I would listen to them because they've built a relationship with me. Right, exactly. I would at least try it, you know? Exactly. You know what? Brilliantly put. And that's, I think, at the end of the day, like, the world, it's all about the bond, right? The relationship and the bond. And it's also about, this is one of the oldest media training um, sayings in the books, what's in it for me, W-I-I-F-M, what's in it for me? And that's, you know, people, whether or not they want to admit it, they like to be paid attention to and cared for and noticed. And that's what companies and brands can do to build that relationship is make them feel important and tell them that they're important. Obviously, your customers and prospects are important mm-hmm. to you. Right, but take it out of the traditional sense and, and, and also use these people as um, evangelists, too, and, 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 and focus groups and, you know, because people do like to feel important. And if you create a relationship with someone, and you say, hey, what do you think about the products and services that we offer? Where can we make it better? Right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. oh, oh, my God, like all the things that you can do and all the conversations that we could have. But unfortunately, we are out of time, Christine. Oh, well, we'll have to have another offline discussion. It'll, it, it was very fun. I really appreciate the opportunity. You're very easy to talk to, and it, it's been enlightening, so I, I oh. appreciate it very much. Well, you're lovely and inspired, and I'm looking forward to speaking to you offline. And, of course, we're going to have to have you back again. It uh, would be terrific. And I just wanted to let everyone know, just FYI, because you brought up Chris Brogan. He is a guest on Market Edge on February 2nd. Um, noon Eastern Standard on Webmaster Radio. And also, if you want to reach Christine uh, at Twitter, it's at M-I-S-S-U-S-P. So, Christine, thank you so much for your awesome contribution today. Thank you, Brandy. I really had a good time. I did, too. This is awesome. Exactly. But now you've got to inspire me. I need to go up to Boston and run, like, across the street. <laughs> I'll take you out to, uh, you know a pub or something. Come on up. Hey, that works for me. That works for me. All right, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babbitt of Webmaster Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of Cover Story.